What is up, everyone, and welcome to the Splitting Up Rights podcast. We are recording this on Memorial Day, May 31st. So before we get started, I just want to give a huge shout out to all the uh, people who have served us in our country, you know, the, the fallen soldiers, as well as the, the people serving us right now. I've had a, a couple of family members of my of my own um, who have served. So shout out to them and then shout out to you and your family. If your families have had people in the past serve or people who are actually ser- serving right now. So I uh, just want to give you guys a huge shout out. Uh, this will be on Tuesday when this comes out. It'll be past Memorial Day, but we wanted to kind of show our appreciation to you guys, you know, We've had a lot of people in the NFL have, you know, Pat Tillman is a guy that I always think about whenever you think about, um, you know, athletes going on to serve and stuff like that. So um, sports and military are always connected. You know, every time you go to a sporting event, it's usually at some point when you're there, they always ask you to stand up and salute the people in service or who are serving or who have served. So sports and, and that have always been together. Um, so we wanted to show our appreciation. But kind of moving on, going to sports today. Uh, the nice thing about the off season, uh, especially this time that the draft's done, free agency's kind of done, um, is we have a lot of freedom. You know, we're able to talk about a lot of different things. Um, and so today we have a couple of cool things we're going to talk about. You know, with the Julio Jones news, we're going we're to give you our top five landing spots for him, and then we're going to look at some of our top five stadiums, both in college football and NFL, that Josie and I have been to, respectively. Um, but that's going to be our episode today. But before we get started with that, we got best and worst. So, Josie, I'm going to hand it to you first. What was your best and worst from this past week? It's been like two weeks since I came out here to, to talk to you. So, a lot of things happened this past two weeks. Uh, first and foremost, we got our our second puppy, Mr. Moon. Mm-hmm. Uh, moon and Moon and Mar- Moon to the moon, moon to Mars and back. I think that's their Instagram name. I got to confirm that. Uh, so he's been a great gave us a little bit of a scare yesterday because we thought he ate some chocolate cake but he actually didn't he ate a lot of uh, sausage and a casserole that was in the trash uh, and then on top of that we had the wedding shower this past weekend uh, good time to hang out with mr drew himself and get him take him have him take a couple shots of me but uh got a little bit too too tipsy but hey that was a good time because we're here to celebrate uh so definitely those are the best i think the worst was mr moon giving us a little scare yesterday having to take him to the vet at emergency vet at like roughly like 9 30 at night so those things are not fun at all but hey he's all good and he's here and he's alive and he's healthy and and running around and pooping anywhere he wants there you go well you know hopefully he's feeling better it sounds like he's feeling better so that is good to hear and yes we were we hung out we celebrated we had a couple you guys had a couple showers at your place um had a few drinks i didn't have that many because i was driving home so, you know, got to be re- responsible, got to be responsible. Yeah. Um, let's see. So best of mine this week, uh, I've been really into getting a bunch of books, reading books right now, especially sports books, coaching books and stuff like that. Um, and so I just got a bunch of them in today or this weekend. So I'm looking forward to reading them. There's I got so far, I've got two Tony Dungy books. I got a third one on the way. One of my favorite coaches of all time. Um, and, and he's obviously he's very successful, very well known. Got a, got a uh, Mama Mentality book that was written by Kobe Bryant. So I'm um, excited to read that one. And then I've got uh, a couple other books that I'm reading. So really excited to kind of get on that. You know, I got nothing else to do. So I'm playing video games and I'm reading, um, which is something I'm not a huge fan of. I'm not a huge fan of reading, but, you know, it's you, when you have a lot of time and you're tired of playing video games, um, you know, you, you read. So I probably I, I read every night for at least 30 minutes to an hour. You know, it's, it is what it is, you know, growing that's up. The, that's the right thing to do is instead of spending 30 minutes an hour on your phone, reading a book is the mature and the right thing to do for your brain. But knowing me, I'm on my phone for 30 minutes an hour trying to buy more stuff and spend time on Instagram and social media, but that's not the right thing to do it. But hey, eventually I'll get to that point. Exactly. Yeah, I just, it's one of those times where I'm like, you know what, I, I, can, I can spend all day on TikTok and, and everything like that. There's no need for me to spend it at night. I will just read a quick book or two uh, or a couple pages of a book, not a book or two. I usually get about three chapters in a night, four chapters, depending on how long they are. Um, uh, I don't really have a worst, you know. Uh, it's, it's been a good week, you know. It's been a good week. So I'm going to leave it at that. I'll leave it at that. Anything else to add to that section. But uh, we're going to go ahead and move on now talking about the NFL. And, and huge news dropped a week ago when Connor came on. Um, I think it was either the day before or the day of when we recorded that Julio Jones – 
um, was officially on the market. Uh, he had came out and said about three months ago that he wanted to be traded. He went to the Atlanta GM. Um, and I believe the first three months, the Falcons did not want to trade Julio. They, you know, they weren't really open to it, which doesn't make sense to me. If you wanted to trade him, the draft was a perfect time to trade him um, and try to start rebuilding that team. Um, but they officially announced his, he's, he's open to the market, I guess. Uh, I think they listed him as a first round pick, um, but he's, but he's officially on the market and, and, and where he's in, where he's going to be ending up is going to probably change the landscape because he's one of the best receivers we've ever seen still is, even though he does get injured a little bit, but uh, Josie and I have created a top five list of places. Now these aren't places where we, now these aren't places necessary where we think he is going to end up. These might be places we want him to end up. Uh, these might be places he said he wants to go. This is just kind of our list of the top five teams that we think Julio Jones may play for in the next or in the upcoming season. So I'm going to go ahead and let Josie start off with his team or his top or just just his first one. So we'll go five. I'll do five. You'll do four. And we'll go down a list like that. So, Josie, I'm going to go off. I'm going to start with you on your number five team. Uh, number five might be a little bit of a, a stretch or a dark horse, but um, the Eagles may have a good chance to pick him up. And the Eagles sort of do need a help mm-hmm. on their receiver core. And they have the luxury of having a little bit more flexibility in the salary cap uh, aspect because they have a rookie quarterback on a rookie deal on that team who more than likely will be their starting quarterback. You just uh, drafted Jalen Smith, uh, uh, Devontae Smith, who still will be a rookie, uh, who'll be on a rookie deal. So the Eagles are a little bit of a stretch, and I think they have some added motivation towards their uh, their their willingness to maybe trade for Julio, or get Julio, because the NFC East, as we all know, is becoming a wide receiver powerhouse. Like the Cowboys, the Giants, uh, the Redskins, I think they take a little bit different approach because they run Rivera, they focus more on their defense and on their offense. But um, I think the Eagles are, are following suit. It'll be a good place for him. And I think it'll be a good, solid receiver for Jalen Hurts to have to develop and to become a better quarterback. And, it, and it'll be also a good uh, role model that the, the Vontae Smith can sort of use to, to develop and immensely become a, a star receiver in the game. So the Eagles are a good landing spot for Julio. Um, I don't they can possibly make the big move for for him. Uh, they've done so in the past. So it'll be interesting to see if they do want to give up maybe a high second round pick for him. I still think it's worth it, but the thing is the the 15 million a year contract that he has tagged to him is one thing that a lot of teams are sort of scared about. Mm-hmm. Um like the, because the biggest thing about his asking price is like like DeAndre Hopkins last year was traded for like a second round draft pick and he's a younger, healthier uh, receiver to compare to Julio Jones. Mm-hmm. So maybe a, a mid to a second round draft pick can be worth it, especially if you get one or two good years. But then again, does Julio want to go to the Eagles and not have a chance to win for a cha- play for a championship for a couple of years? So who knows? Eagles have a chance, but we'll see. Yeah, not a not a bad spot. Uh, number five for me, uh, you know, I kind of had that whole spiel of these might not be the most realistic spots, and this is maybe one of them. Um, Indianapolis Colts. I mean, it is a realistic spot, but I don't think he's going there. This one's just for me. This is a me thing. Like, hey, bring Julio to to Indy. Um, the Colts, you know, in many people's eyes might not be Super Bowl contenders, but if you add someone like Julio, we're I, I think we're immediately contenders in the AFC right there. Um, you know, I don't think we're at the Chiefs level just yet, but I think that puts us with the Browns in a sense, kind of that second tier. Browns, Bills, Colts would kind of be that second tier. Give a number one receiver for Carson Wentz, a big play guy, um, completely would change our offense. Um, I think it would just be awesome. And I think um, it's definitely something that the Colts might look into, um, but I highly doubt it happens. Um, but it, it'd definitely be cool to see a big time receiver come to Indianapolis um, to see Chris Ballard make this move. But again, this one is just kind of for me, high hopes, um, but I have no expectations of this actually happening. Um, but yeah, so number five for me is the Colts. Who's your number fourteen, Josie? Chargers. Chargers uh, seem like a realistic landing spot for Julio because they have a really good core. Um, mm-hmm. I think that where they have you have Justin Herbert, who everybody sees as an up and coming, maybe MVP quarterback of the league. You have Keenan Allen, who is their wide receiver one. Mike uh, Mike Williams, who's still the second dude, but he's still not that number one. Just that the second go to. I think. Going to Chargers will 
like help Justin Herbert become the take that next level in his career, and also help the Chargers compete with the Chiefs on in, in that division. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing is that again, it goes back to do they want to give up a second round draft pick because they're still wanting to build around Herbert, and I think they have the luxury because he's on that rookie contract. And you can look at similar to what uh, the Cardinals did. Like the Cardinals picked up the uh, Hopkins because they they had Kyler on the rookie contract, so they're able to pay LeBron money for him to keep him for two or three years. I think that'll be a good landing spot for him, and also be a good, uh, interesting sort of team that they'll have. You have Keenan Allen on one side, who is on the other side. Um, and then Justin Herbert is your quarterback. So who knows? Maybe that will work out. And then I think if they do, if that trade does happen, maybe they can compete with the, the, the Kansas City Chiefs in, in that division. Maybe take out one of one of the games for the that 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 they play that they play each year. So who knows? We'll see. Yeah, very interesting spot would be great for Justin Herbert, obviously. Um, but my number four team again. This one is a little bit unrealistic, but I would love to see it happen. Um, Julio Jones, the Green Bay Packers. I mean, what a fun, what what a match made in heaven. I again, highly doubt, highly unlikely that this happens. I highly doubt it. But somehow, some way, if the Green Bay Packers were to trade for Julio Jones and keep Devontae Adams and keep Aaron Rodgers, who is stopping that offense, and somehow keep Aaron Jones as well. You know, I, I think this one salary cap wouldn't work. You'd have, they'd have to make a bunch of moves to kind of make this one work, but. Um, just to kind of, I guess, tie the bow into everything of, you know, the whole drama of A-Rod, this would be kind of that like, okay, you know, it, we don't have to worry about it no more, you know. So for me, this would just kind of be a one of those fairy tale destinations for him. Highly unlikely that the Falcons trade Julio to a team within the same conference. But again, for A- for Aaron Rodgers' career, send him to Green Bay and keep Devontae Adams. That offense would be fun to watch. That's all I got to say about that one. Who's your number three team? Uh, Patriots. Uh, Patriots, uh, they need a receiver. Like, they they did a, a lot of good off offseason uh, uh, moves and picked up really good tight ends, picked up some good sort of tier two receivers. Nobody's a tier one receiver on that team. Um, and they've done a similar deal in the past when they picked up Randy Moss uh, for Tom Brady. So, they have the the like the history of doing things like this. I think Julio will, will sort of fit well with the Patriots and like in their um, environment, where like when you go there, they sort of rejuvenize their career. Randy Moss had a little similar thing with, with Tom Brady. It's not the same situation as like when Tom when Randy Moss was going to Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. Julio Jones is going to either Cam Newton or Mac Jones they still have the potential to maybe become a playoff team and maybe a couple of years can hopefully compete for an AFC championship. But it'd just be cool to see Julio there, see him with Bill Belichick, to see what he can do under his, like, watch and under his uh, regime. Mm-hmm. Maybe he can have a similar career like 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 Randy Moss did in New, in New England. So I don't know. We'll see. It's an interesting landing spot for him, but you can see it happening because New England does need a, a number one guy. And I still think that people are going to England to rejuvenize their career. And I think Julio wants to rejuvenize his career. Yeah, definitely. You'll see the Patriots on my list here shortly. They're not number three for me. Number three for me is the Baltimore Ravens, um, a team that has needed a receiver. Yes, they just drafted a receiver in this year's draft. But um, if they had the opportunity, I don't think they'd pass up Julio Jones. Again, immediately it affects that offense in a positive way. They're not, they would then not become a rush only offense. They would become a pass offense as well, because now you have Mark Andrews and Julio Jones with the threat of Hollywood Brown, deep threat. Now, this would not help Julio's career when it comes to his statistic numbers. Um, Potentially could help his career with with winning. I think the Ravens have a great organization, a great winning culture. Um, They, this would allow them to have a chance to make a playoff push, a potential Super Bowl push. Uh, I think Julio does do that for them. But um, statistically, you would see a drop-off in his numbers. That's just because Lamar Jackson doesn't really throw the ball that much. Um, even I think if even if they added Julio Jones, they're still a rush-first offense. But I think this adds a whole dynamic to the Ravens. So I have that's why I have him at three. Um, I just think it'd be – and it'd be really f- sick to see. I think, honestly, I will say this. Like, any kind of, like, beast dude, whether it be running back, linebacker, you know, Ed Reed at safety, 
like they would look even scarier in Baltimore colors. Like that, that the whole uniform when they were per, uh, when they were purple, they've got the dark visors. That just looks scary, especially when they look like a freak athlete. I mean, when Ray Ray Lewis was when he was playing defense there and he had those crazy face masks, like I was, I was scared. I wasn't even playing in the games. Imagine seeing a Julio Jones, a DK Metcalf. That that's like, I would not want to see that if I was on the other side of the field. So that's why I have, um, you know, the, the Ravens at, the, at number three on this list. Definitely be scary to see him there. Yeah. I think, I think the, the all black uniforms that the Ravens have are scary too. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's, I think it's just the darker colors they have. It's just, yeah makes it more intimidating. It makes it more um, scary to play a team like that. And it doesn't help them to have a good defense or a good offense that you have to play against. Like, it's one to, it's it's one thing to look intimidating, but it's another thing to go out and actually play and beat the teams because you actually are a good team and, and you can sort of live up to the intimidation levels that you have established previously. Exactly. Who's your number two team now, Josie? Down to our final two. The 49ers. I think the 49ers would be a good spot for him. Uh, it's just, I think it's a combination of things. They have the draft. They have the capital to pay him for a couple of years because they just picked up Trey Lance on uh, on a rookie deal. And they have, they'll be able to sort of leverage that for the next four or five years. And they don't really have a number one guy. Like, Brendan Ayuk came out last year and did a really good job. They have a lot of speedsters. Like, Kyle Shanahan loves speedsters, but they don't have that one big um, intimidating guy that they can sort of use like George Kittle can be that guy but George Kittle gets a lot of attention for those like high jump fade passes mm-hmm. uh, in the end zone um, and I think bringing Julio will sort of alleviate that pressure from George Kittle to be able to do what he wants to especially coming back from an injury and also like it frees up Kyle Shanahan to do to implement the offense he wants with those beasters he has across the team like Debo Samuel Brandon Ayuk and all these other guys that he has are, are like really quick guys so I think that would be a really good, interesting uh, landing spot for him. 49ers have the capital. They have the team to win, maybe, this year, even go back to the NFC Championship. But more importantly, they have uh, – I think he'll be a good fit for that for that team. I, I think it also, you know, just from the coaching standpoint, like I think we'd all love to see what Kyle Shanahan would be able to do with a guy like Julio Jones, you know, what he's been able to do with guys like Brandon Ayuk and others. It would just be phenomenal to see him with a beast – out there and you know what he's done with Kittle is kind of almost what you can imagine he would do with Julio so definitely be cool to see him out there in 49ers territory again just kind of it is hard to see them trading someone trading Julio to a division or a conference rival um, a team that could that they could potentially see him in the playoffs that's my only problem number two for me the Denver Broncos and although this spot does not look great just because of the quarterback situation they do have the fourth most cap space in the NFL. So, you know, financially, this deal could be very easily worked in with Denver. They do have a playoff-ready defense, you know, especially with a head coach like Vic Fangio. His defenses are always going to be great. But the biggest problem you face out in AFC West is you've got to score more points than the Chargers, the Raiders, and especially the Chiefs. Adding someone like Julio to a, you know, Bridgewater is not a terrible quarterback. You know, I think we all expect him to kind of have the starting job by the end of training camp. Um, especially over Drew Locke, unless they don't have to do anything else. Somehow, some way, if the Broncos were able to bring A-Rod or Watson, this spot becomes even better um, along the way. But um, Denver would be a great spot for him. You know, they've got a lot of other weapons out there. You know, we've got Melvin Gordon in the backfield, as well as Noah Fant, uh, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy. They'd probably lose one of those guys in the trade. They, they would go to Atlanta. But you replace any of those guys with Julio Jones, I think Denver's okay with that. Um, I think the spot would be amazing for, again, the Broncos franchise. They haven't really had a number one receiver like Julio. You know, Demarius Thomas is the only guy I can really think of that was as dominant as Julio was. And that that's 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 disrespectful to Julio Jones, me saying that, because Demarius Thomas, as good as he was with Manning, he was he's not the same as Julio Jones. Yeah. So, and it would definitely help whoever is a starting quarterback if it wasn't Watson or, or A-Rod or someone. Um, if they had someone like Julio. So Teddy B or Drew Locke had Julio Jones, obviously that they, that offense would be great. Um, and it would make Denver a playoff contender. I don't think they would be an AFC West contender as in when it comes to winning the division, but I definitely think they would um, make the playoffs if they had Julio Jones and if they were able to stay healthy. So Denver's my number two and your number one spot, Josie, who is it? 
a Seattle Seahawks. I think misimagine seeing DK Metcalf on one side and Julio Jones on the other side and having Russell Wilson as your quarterback. It's going to be scary. And especially, and then I think that the Seahawks are in that division where the, with, with the Rams and uh, the 49ers, probably one of the toughest divisions in the league. And, and, and well, I think it is a toughest division in the NFC. Um, it's going to be so fun to watch. Like just having DK basically like a younger, healthier Julio Jones and actually having Julio Jones on the other side, it's going to be just scary for these defenses to sort of cover and having Russ be able to do his magic day in and day out. It's going to be a fun team to watch and it can maybe catapult them to be the front runner of that division and maybe a top two team in, in the NFC and hopefully lead Russ to get at least one in an MVP vote and maybe have a chance for the MVP next year. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Now the team would just be great. And then Pete Carroll as, a, as, as the head coach calling plays and doing what he does and Russell Wilson being there. I don't know. It's, I'll just be a fun team to watch and watch weekend and we get with those two on the outside. Yeah. We were talking about it at lunch today, you know, potential of that trade happening and, yeah, it, it would definitely. I think it would help out both teams as well. But um, obviously, you know, make the Seattle Seahawks a very scary passing attack. Having a guy like Julio and DK. Um, now they are very similar receivers, but I think Julio is a do-it-all guy. DK is has yet to grow into that. I think he's still growing as a receiver. As he, I think this year, this year is going to be his third year in the NFL. So he still has a very long career ahead of him. Um, and Julio is obviously you know, been there, done that with a lot of things. So I think it would definitely add a different dynamic. So that's, that is another great spot for me, because I'm the host of this show, I get to cheat a little bit. I've got two teams at number one. Now these are the two teams that Julio Jones listed as his kind of where he wanted to go. Now this was off of his initial report. That is the Tennessee Titans, as well as the Patriots. Um, Those two teams I have at, at one A and one B. So I get to cheat just a little bit, Um, but who's one A? 1A is honestly the, the New England Patriots. So, so if I had, a, if I was boiled down to it, but you had a gun pointed to my head, I would say the Patriots would be my number one team. Uh, the Titans, uh, they're number two just because, you know, as great as Tannehill are and, and just kind of what we talked about with, with DK Metcalf, you know, um, uh, what's his name? AJ Brown is almost the same, you know, and having those two guys on the, on the sidelines together would be very scary. So for me, it's like, you know, would, would pick your poison, I guess, on whether he would go to the Titans or the Seahawks. But they do have a lot of targets in Tennessee that they need to fill. Julio would, would obviously fill those targets. But the reason why I have the Patriots at number one is a simple fact that I think Julio has come out and said he would like to play with Cam Newton. They played in the NFC South against each other for many years. Um, as not good as, as a quarterback as Cam Newton is, you know, Julio, again, would help him out in the long run. So for me – that's the reason why I have the Patriots at number one. Um, they they kind of have the cap space to pull it off. So that's another reason why. And then obviously playing for a guy like Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels, I think is a, it's a calling card and Julio Jones has no issues. You know, he has no, you know, back or just, you know, stuff that's happened in the past that that would affect him going there. Um, but even if he did, I think the Patriots would welcome him in and that, that would make the Patriots a very hard team to beat and a very, you know, they, they would become instant contenders for the Super Bowl if they added Julio to this roster, even with Cam or Mac Jones as the quarterback for the Patriots. So that's my number one team. And again, Tennessee Titans are kind of right there. Again, those two teams were both um, listed as Julio's kind of top tier destinations, both teams in the AFC. Um, so yeah, those are our top five teams. Let us know down in the comment section down below who your top five teams are for Julio Jones. But before we go to break, we got a quick little topic we're going to talk about. Um, something kind of kind of along the lines with the Tennessee Titans. You know, AJ Brown came out and made a TikTok with a edited photo of himself, Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry, and Julio Jones. What a scary group of guys! Well, really, three fourths of a scary group of guys. Um, and he, you know, he was trying to recruit him in the team we didn't mention on our list because I don't think we think it's going to happen. But the Cardinals and uh, really DeAndre Hopkins was trying to recruit Julio Jones in. Um, something we haven't really seen a lot in the NFL, at least on social media, you know, the NBA, it's kind of very big now uh, where it happens all the time. But uh, recruitment uh, is it, kind of something that's happening a lot, a little bit more in the NFL. It's starting to kind of seep in just a little bit. You know, again, we're seeing it a lot with Julio here. What is your thought process and, and what are your, I guess, your concerns, I guess, about recruitment in the NFL, if you have any? 
I don't like I think I think it's uh it's cool. Um I'm all for it because it gives players the ability to like play with guys that they sort of always want to play with. Like these some sometimes when these players are drafted to the NFL, they don't have the luxury of picking one team they can go and play for. They just are at the the mercy of the teams and the franchises that get that pick up and have to go in and play for a ex quarterback, wide receiver, and so on and so forth. So after the, the rookie deal is over, they have the ability to go and sort of play wherever they want. And then eventually they have the ability to sort of recruit whoever they want to come play with them. And then if the if the GM and the owner is able to sort of make it work from a salary cap perspective, all for it. Just, just imagine, I, I sort of um, like, sim, like a similar, I sort of like describe it as you're like going into elementary school, like your first day of school and you walk into class, you're a third grader, fourth grader, mm-hmm. you walk into your homeroom and you go in and you see your best buddy right there, like, and like in class or you like, you know, it's going to be a good year. Mm-hmm. Is it similar to that? Like, like these guys want to play with, with people that they generally love and care for and like have fun with. And then when the players are, ha- are happy and having a good time, they're playing at, at, at like a hundred percent. They're playing at their full potential, which is what we want as fans. Yes. It's sort of, like eliminates the, uh, the the competitiveness. Like some teams may not be as good as as we want them to be because they lose their their star players. Like Atlanta may not be as good because you lose Julio, and whoever he goes to, they'll sort of may become better by ten or two fold, whatever it is. That's sort of the uh, the counter argument to this. But then again, like you're able to see Julio Jones play with somebody he likes and maybe be, be around of a of a like a a superstar team. And like like we all we do in the NBA, like and like it like at first like when this happened it was when it, when this was happening in NBA were sort of against it like why are these superstar teams happening and it sort of became the norm and like we're all for it like we're able to see LeBron James play around the Wayne Wade and Chris Bosh and goes to uh, Cleveland and does what does it with Kyrie and Kevin Love and then he goes to the Lakers and does it with uh, Anthony Davis and KD did it with the um with the Warriors and be able to do with Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and and uh what's the what's the other guy name? Draymond Green. Draymond, yeah, Draymond. And we're able to see like these uh these like dominant teams play for a couple of years and, and 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 be able to like witness that and be able to live it firsthand, which is great. Like it's it sort of takes away from like the the, like the fun of it, like you want to be able to see like another New England Patriots team go and do what they did to the draft and the and like in free agency and whatnot. Um, but then again, like who cares? Like if you if you see your favorite team get Julio Jones, you're not complaining. And if you see them winning your Super Bowl, you're not gonna complain either. It's just all we if 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 the players are happy and we get good competitive football week in and week out, and we're able to see something that both teams win. When when through the trade or through the or through the negotiations, it works out for everybody, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm only worried about just just kind of what the NBA um, is just you know having super teams. Uh, I think obviously it's going to be very hard in the NFL to do that, just for the simple fact that you know you have to pay a lot more people um, and you don't have you have a lot more cap space, but also you know players cost a lot to to have, and so if you are going to have quote unquote a super team it is kind of hard just for the simple fact of you have to pay people. Um, but that's kind of where you get guys like Tom Brady who don't care about the money. Cause you know, they're obviously, they care more about winning. Um, and I'm, you know, Tom Brady's made a lot of money winning and doing other things just like LeBron James and company. So um, it, it would be kind of, it, it, it is going to be kind of interesting to see kind of this kind of recruitment going on in the off season. Um, you know, the NFL, you don't really see a lot of big name guys move just because it's not the way the NFL is, but we're starting to see a lot more happen. It's, it's, it's happening a lot more frequently now. So um, it'll be interesting to see kind of how it'll develop over the years, because I think this is kind of the start. We're seeing now that kind of the start of the recruitment of other of players on other teams kind of be like, Hey, come play here. You know, we've, we've seen it a little bit in the NFL. Obviously we see it all the time in the NBA, but again, we don't know what's happening behind closed doors behind text messages, phone calls, you know, interactions between the, the players at um, the Pro Bowl, at certain events and stuff like that. So there should be – there could be a lot of things happening. And, for instance, you know, the KD and, and Kyrie, apparently they decided to team up at an All-Star game. So um, a lot of things could be happening behind closed doors that obviously the average fan doesn't know about or even the diehard fan, honestly. So 
it'll be interesting. That's all I can say about that. Now, one last thing I got to ask you. There was a picture that surfaced of Julio Jones wearing a Dallas Cowboys hoodie or shirt. I can't remember exactly. Your thoughts real fast on if Julio Jones were to come to the Cowboys. They would now imagine that they would have to lose probably one of the receivers, whether it be CD or Cooper. One, they probably would have to lose one of the other and probably a second round draft pick. But your thoughts on if Julio was able to come to Dallas with the loss of one of those receivers? Um, I, I don't know. Like, I think if he would come, I think we have to give up Amari. I think Amari him are, I know Amari's younger, um, but Amari him have similar uh, track history of being injury prone. Um, so I would be fine giving up Amari. I don't think I want to give up CD yet because he has the potential and he's sort of cheaper compared to. Julio Jones, I'll be all for it, but I don't see it happening. I think Dak is comfortable with the uh, the, the three-headed monster that we have here in the Big D. Um, it would be nice to have him, and I think it would be a good compliment to CD and, and Michael Gallup, but I don't think it's worth the extra money with Pam probably for salary and maybe go over a salary cap and give up a future second, high second-round draft pick when I think we can use it to solidify the defense or maybe the offensive line. So I – would like to see it happen from a, from a fan perspective because it'd be pretty cool to see how he would incorporate with Zeke in the backfield, that guy's your quarterback, CD on one side, Michael Gallup on the other side, and Julio basically being your number one guy. But honestly, I don't think um, Jerry Jones is all for it. I think he's comfortable with the team that he he's sort of established right now. OTAs are happening. Everything's sort of getting the ball ready for us to compete within the division, hopefully get that title and, 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 and do one playoffs. There you go. I just wanted to get your quick opinion on that. We're going to go ahead and hear from our sponsors, Anchor.fm, as well as Thrive Fantasy. When we come back, though, we're going to be giving you guys our top five stadiums for both college and NFL. We'll see you guys after the break. Do you guys enjoy fantasy sports? Well, if you do, you need to come hashtag prop up with us on Thrive Fantasy this season. We've become an affiliate for them, so we need you guys to go to uh, Thrive Fantasy and download their app and use our uh, Promo code, but I'm going to tell you a little bit about Thrive Fantasy before. They are a daily sports app for player prop bets, which is a little bit different than what normal fantasy is, but it's it's a great way to learn a new sport as well as win a lot of money. So they've eliminated the need to do countless hours of research um, because they only ask you about the top tier guys. So in football, they only ask you about, you know, D-Hop, Kyler Murray, um, big name guys on that weekend, as well as same for uh, NBA, MLB, um, golf, etc. I've seen cricket. There's esports stuff. There's a lot of cool different things you guys could be doing on this app. It's really fun. Um, for NFL, you choose 10 out of 20 player prop options to build your lineup. And the other ones like NBA, MLB, PGA, esports, you'll choose five out of 10 to build your lineup. Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over or the under based on its likelihood to actually occur. The more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. Rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. Uh, if it's PGA, though, you don't have to worry about your uh, guy not making it to the uh, Sunday and Saturday game or, I guess, tournament um, because they only do it for Thursday and Friday. Uh, so that's really nice. So if, you, you know, if your guy doesn't make the cut, um, and you're kind of screwed out of the weekend, well, don't worry. It's only on Thursday and Friday that they do PGA, so it's really cool. Thrive Fantasy has awarded over $2 million in prizes since launching in 2018, and that doesn't include this year's numbers. This is just from earlier this year. Um, then they also have they also have 75000 guaranteed in prizes weekly. That is a lot of money that you guys could be winning. I know for myself, I've won a couple hundred dollars on Thrive, so I would – I would recommend going out and doing this because it's an awesome way to do it. And we have a promo code with them. So go use promo code splitting ups and that's in all caps and it's in all it's S P L I T T I N U P S. Again, that's S P L I T T I N U P S. When you sign up and you'll receive an instant match bonus of up to $50 on your first deposit of $20 or more. So if you deposit $20, you get $50 back and that will give you almost double what you guys just put down. You have a chance to, to prop up on some other um, games and, and other matches. Maybe you want to try some different things. Again, it is a really fun app to use, um, and, and you, there's a lot of ways to win this. Uh, I've learned a lot about some different sports doing Thrive, um, but if you guys go to 
If you guys can go ahead and go download Thrive Fantasy on the Apple Store or the Play Store for Android, or you can even visit their website at www.thrivefantasy.com. Again, that's www.thrivefantasy.com. You guys can sign up and play today and come hashtag prop up with us on Thrive Fantasy. And welcome back. As I just mentioned, we're going to go ahead and talk about our top five NFL stadiums that we have um, seen football games on. Uh, you'll see what I mean here in a second. But um, the reason why I say football like that, but uh, we're going to go ahead and look at these. I'm going to go ahead and start for us here <clears throat> at number five. Um, just like I did with the Julio Jones list, this is just a, this is just a, you know, this is my hometown stadium. This is Lucas Oil Stadium. I went there when it first opened in 2012. Um, there's not much to say about it. It's not a amazing stadium. If you go, if you've ever been or if you ever go, um, you're not going to be blown off because of or blown out or whatever. You're not going to feel amazing because of the how great the stadium looks, all the great things inside of it. In my opinion, it is just a pure NFL stadium. You know, it really makes you focus on the on-field attraction, which is the game, which is why you are going to the field. So that's kind of one of those. Um, they do have these the nice screens, but they're up in the corner. So if you want to watch the TV, you got to look up, whereas it's, it's trying to pull you down. You know, they have good food there. You know, Colts fans, since I've gone, we haven't been very great. Um, the games I have gone to, you know, we did have luck and stuff like that, but we weren't a great football team just yet. Um, you know, we still won games, but we didn't have the great teams that we have now. So the fans, depending on the team, is depending on the atmosphere and depending on who we play against as well. But Colts fans will always cheer. You know, they're going to be nice fans. They're going to be bad fans. They're going to do whatever. So this one's more just kind of a hometown represent. I got to put the Colts Lucas Oil Stadium at number five for myself. Josie, what's your number five stadium? Um, I was just thinking about it right now. Like, I don't think I've been to a lot of stadiums. I think I've been maybe to like 10. So this is the top half of mine. Uh, number five for me is uh, the infamous Cotton Bowl. Um, I've been uh, once. I think the Cotton Bowl by itself is just a just a very nostalgic and very, like, historic um, stadium here in Dallas. Like, it's sort of outdated. It's there. Again, it houses the, uh, the Red River rivalry every year. Um, but I had, I had the fortune to go to the Cotton Bowl and watch USA Mexico play back when I was like 10 or 11. And I just remember walking into the stadium. It's just, it's, it's an old school stadium in a sense that doesn't have many, many monitors. So it requires you to watch the game on the field. Not like it requires you to watch the game on the TV. So you're like, you're like focused on the field in all 90 minutes. The atmosphere was just awesome. It's it's it's, it's big enough to see it in 50 or 60, 70,000 people, but it's enclosed enough where you can like feel everything that's happening across uh, the stadium. So it's really cool. It's really old. It also has it also hosted a, a couple of 1994 World Cup games, which is pretty freaking awesome to like say that like I've been to a stadium where, where like some of the best players in the world were playing at one point in, in the World Cup. And it's pretty cool to also watch the U.S. and Mexico game because those are like the games to watch for a, a U.S. men's national team fan instead of going to the, other than going to the World Cup and watching them play in the World Cup. So number five for me, it is the Cotton Bowl. And obviously, if you're a UT or an OU fan, you've probably been to a Red River rivalry game. Um, I can't say my R's like that. Sound retarded when doing it, but um, <laughs> but so yeah. So the Cotton Bowl, obviously, you know, living in Dallas area is a nice stadium. Number four for myself is uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium in New Orleans for the Saints. Um, great atmosphere, great food. Um, I, when I went to New Orleans um, in 2019, um, right before COVID happened, I, you know, never really had Cajun food. I've had it a couple times, um, but I am a huge fan of Cajun food now. And the, the great thing I will say about New Orleans at the Pelicans game as well at at the Saints game is they serve you Cajun food. Like you can go get Cajun food at a game. So really cool. I, I love their food. Um, they did. I went to a Monday night game against the Colts. So I got to see, I was obviously cheering for the Colts and my team um, got our ass kicked, but I saw Drew Brees break a, a passing record. I can't remember. I think it was like most passing touchdowns in NFL history. So I saw him break that live, which was really cool. I think Michael Thomas was going for some record too that night that he ended up breaking the next week anyway. 
Um, so it was really cool to see that. But I will say the reason why they're number four on this list is almost solely because of the fan involvement and just the overall atmosphere of the game against a team. You know, the, the Saints, the, like one of the last times the Saints and Colts played was in the Super Bowl. Obviously, the Saints won that game. But, um, you know, they didn't care who they were playing. They gave it all. I mean, it, it was a very, very fun game to be. And, you know, we were talking to some of the Saints fans around us and they were telling us that, you know, this game is this game is, is, is pretty electric. You know, it is what it is. But they were like, it's nothing compared to when the Cowboys come into town. So this year, the Cowboys going to New Orleans. It should be an electric game. Um, and, you know, I don't I doubt I go, but it'd be really cool to go see that game because it would be electric. That's what that, that's all I've heard from New Orleans people. It's electric against, against the Cowboys. So that's number four for me, Josie. What about you? What's your number 14 or four, four stadium? Excuse me. Stadium, uh, Bryant Dating Stadium, University of Alabama. Um, I was fortunate enough to go there my senior year when, Al- when A&M was playing Alabama. I think it was a top four matchup. Um, college game day was there. Uh, my buddy and I were able to drive down for the game. So the stadium by itself is just cool. Um, Tuscaloosa as a city by itself is pretty cool. And just the atmosphere or like surrounding the stadium was awesome. Um, I definitely felt like an outlier, like as being an AM fan going into the stadium. I was kind of hopeful that we were gonna win that game because we were up at halftime. And I told my buddy that hey, if AM was this game, I'm going to uh 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 was like uh bar district and I'm gonna get completely wasted and just rub it in their faces. Um, but the stadium overall is really cool, and, that, and then you're able to sort of get the get the the, the feeling of why Alabama is so dominant in, in college football because that that atmosphere, fans are loud, and like they even have it like incorporated where like the music sort of interferes with the play calling and, and the snap count, and it's just the, the the stadium by itself is really cool. Just all uh, seeing the walk walking up to the stadium and seeing these the statues of uh, like Nick Saban and the, all the other Hall of Fame coaches and. It's just overall really cool stadium just to go to and experience. And I think if you ever have a chance to go watch a, a game at, at Bama, definitely do it. And it's also kind of weird that the frat, house, the frat houses are literally right across the street from the stadium. Mm-hmm. So, like, if I wanted to join a fraternity at University of Alabama, I'm going to join one of those and just party all day and just walk across the street and go, go watch uh, Alabama win. There you go. Now, I, I want to add this to New Orleans because I completely forgot. Um, you know, you talked about the 1994 World Cup with the Cotton Bowl. Um, it was crazy to think that, in 2007 or 2006, when Hurricane Katrina happened, that these were a ton of New Orleans were staying was in the Superdome. So just that just came to me as you were talking about Bama Stadium. But Bama Stadium is great. Um, I had a friend go there for I, him and his older sister went there, and I mean they they always told me amazing stories about the stadium. So obviously, I, it's it's on my bucket list of stadiums to go to at one point. Number three for me, um, the Kansas City Chiefs Stadium, Arrowhead. Very, very cool stadium. I went for a Sunday night game against Green Bay Packers um, in 2019, I believe, um, as well. Um, awesome experience. Just, again, phenomenal fan base. Um, unfortunate that I didn't get to see a, or Patrick Mahomes play. He was hurt. But I get, I did get to see A-Rod. So that that's just an added tick to it to watch A-Rod in person live. Phenomenal player. That's all I can say about that. You know, the NFL commercials, when they show the Packers quarterback throwing that ball and all they do all the numbers and stuff I was at that game um so it was really cool to see there but Kansas City fans we didn't go tailgating but where you have to park you have to walk through all the tailgating stuff like literally 30 minutes an hour before like these people are still tailgating hard they do a great job everything smells amazing obviously KC barbecue is kind of just kind of like Texas barbecue KC has like kind of their own barbecue so everyone's barbecuing everyone's playing cornhole throwing the football around. They ha- I will say this about their stadium management. They have great management of how, of where to park. So like sometimes like at Cowboy Stadium and other places, they do a terrible job of kind of facilitating you where to park. Arrowhead's parking staff did an amazing job of that. Shout out to them. But uh, once you get into the stadium, it is an older stadium. I don't think they've actually renovated really anything besides adding a bigger screen on one of the ends. They still have the original speaker system as well as the original TV screen that they had on there on the on the one of the ends. Um, so it's not like a super fancy stadium, but it is just a very, you know, there's a lot of culture there. Um, and then the fans get rowdy, man. It is it is electric in there. Again, now it was a Sunday night football game, so obviously the fans are going to be a little bit more than normal. But I've seen videos of them against, you know, the Raiders 
on a Sunday afternoon game and they're fighting um, when they, everyone in the, in the, in the stadium is doing the chop, it, it get it gets, it gets pretty loud. Um, and, and, and it's almost like Seattle's where everything comes back in, you know? So um, it is a very cool stadium. Unfortunately, I didn't get to see Patrick Mahomes play because you know all the fans around us were telling him, telling us that he was, he's very special to watch live. So can't wait to go back to see another game. So that's number three for me. What about you, Josie? I'm gonna take uh, a play out a play a page out of your playbook and do three A and three B, uh, because you 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 did it for Julio. I could do it for this. So three <laughs> three B as AT and T Stadium. I think as being a home a Dallas Cowboys fan and seeing multiple events at AT and T Stadium and just when it first came out, it was a state of the art uh, stadium with that massive TV screen in the middle. And it's overall, like, it's pretty cool that we've had the luxury to be on the field for AT&T Stadium. Well, you've had the luxury to play on AT&T Stadium. I haven't had the luxury. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just overall just a really cool stadium. Um, I, I think Drew and I have had this conversation multiple times that if you're not within the first 100, uh, within the 100 section of the stadium, you're basically watching TV. Mm-hmm. And it's true because it's just so – it's just the 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 perspective from, like, the, four, the, the nosebleed seats to – uh, the field is just basically like ants. We're like watching ants play. So uh, the stadium morale is really cool. Being a Cowboys fan, you have to plug it in. Uh, but unfortunately, 3A for me is Soldier Field in Chicago. That stadium by itself is so cool. It's like a spaceship that landed outside the lake. It's just really weird how it's like right there by the lake. It's But now you get the sense of why it's so cold. I was fortunate. I, I went, I think, in 2019 when the Cowboys played the Bears on Thursday Night Football. It's just cool because you can like literally walk to the stadium from like downtown Chicago. You mm-hmm. felt the breeze hitting you. The atmosphere, the Chicago Bears fans are really awesome, really cool. Yeah, these really cool pillars on the side of the on the side of the stadium. Um, the the food was okay, the beer was okay, <clears throat> but overall, just the just the the the, the feel of Soldier Field is so really cool. Now you get the sense like why a lot of the events happen in Chicago for the field for for, for at that stadium. But I think overall, what, what makes Soldier Field so cool is just the city of Chicago. Like Chicago, just by itself, is I've always described it as a cleaner, uh, cheaper New York. It's really good food, really good atmosphere. You have the ability just to walk from the hotel to Soldier Field and back. So, fortunately, the uh, the Cowboys lost that uh, lost that game. Like Mitchell Trubisky actually played like a second round, second overall draft pick that that, that day. Mm-hmm. But the field overall is just really cool, really awesome. Just um, an an electric atmosphere, and just definitely recommend going to Soldier Field. There you go. And I, I will say I almost did put Cowboy Stadium on the list just because I played there. But there's other stadiums that I think are better, in my opinion. Now, I will say if you go to Cowboy Stadium, you get a sweet game where you can get free food, 100% go. Uh, it's worth it. They got some good food in Cowboy Stadium that you when you don't have to pay $15 for a, a basket of nachos. <laughs> or, or 50 bucks for one Dos Equis. <laughs> exactly. It is very expensive there. I will say that about Cowboy Stadium. But my number two, um, you know, my list so far has been professional stadiums. And my number one is a professional stadium as well. This is my only college stadium on the list. It's got to be Notre Dame, baby. I, you know, Notre Dame is my school. Um, I talk about tradition. I talk about a lot of things. Um, fan atmosphere. I went to a Notre Dame game against Utah. Literally had no tradition, no rivalry, no nothing. Still, the when they, the the band marches around the stadium, it was it was great to watch the 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 players walk into the stadium to walk and walk out on the field, um, and to know that like one. Now this isn't something that you're on the stadium. You know when you go to the game, you don't know this, but you know when you watch the games, especially for myself. Notre Dame is the only games that are played on NBC or yeah, I think it's NBC. Like that's NBC. special for, for college, you know, in itself that they get their own. So to know that like we're watching, like people are watching this game. It was cool um, to see all the traditions that the, the students do before the games on kickoffs and everything like that was really cool to walk around the campus before the game was phenomenal. They have a ton of hall of fame stuff there that me and my dad and, and our friends from Indiana went to go see, um, and then they do this thing where I think there's like three stories in the bands around like the, 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 the railing on the second and third story. And they play like the alma mater or so. they do some kind of music stuff there. We got a little glimpse of that. That was really cool. Like they have so many traditional things at, at um, that stadium and, and for football games that it, in my opinion, makes it the best. Again, another stadium that's not, again, not about the monitors. So you're about watching the on-field action 
Um, it's kind of funny before COVID, obviously this year is kind of weird. You know, they had that the around the stadium, like on the sidelines are just full of people. And uh, what they do is they actually put the opposing team like up in the second, second tier. So the first tier is all Notre Dame fans. And then on the second tier, uh, you have a little area of the kind of opposing teams fans. So they, they really make you feel alienated out there. Um, and when you go to Notre Dame, so it was just really cool. And the, the, the only uncomfortable thing, the only negative thing I have to say about it is their seating was not very comfortable. It was like a wooden bench. Um, but again, it's, it's all about tradition at Notre Dame. So I think they have changed that since I've been, um, but I really want to go back. I was almost going to go back this year because Arkansas and Notre Dame were going to be playing in Notre Dame. And that would have been a cool game. I got a lot of friends I don't I, that that go to Arkansas or who are Arkansas fans. Um, but unfortunately, you know, COVID happened and couldn't do that. So definitely want to go back to Notre Dame. It is on a bucket list. Um, and it, it was it was cool. Just it's just an overall cool experience, man. And there, I can't I can't explain it enough. Can't explain it enough. I gotta go back though. What's your number two stadium, Josie? You want to talk about tradition? You want to go down that route? Number two, Kyle Field will trump tradition for Notre Dame. Overall, I beaten the unbiasedness of me. Like I again, I went to AM. I was I've been to games for four years and I was able to sort of live through the transition from old Kyle Field to new Kyle Field and just be able to see Kyle Field sort of transform completely like in, in nine months. They literally knocked it down and created the, the new Kyle Field in nine months, which is absolutely insane. But tradition is in the life of Texas AM and Kyle Field. Everything that they do from kickoff to to the end of the game, it's just tradition from day in and day out. You the the being a student at AM sucks. I have to stand for literally 99% of, of the game. The only time I can sit down is after the band plays for like 10 minutes and maybe catch my my uh my energy back in my knees. But just the, the atmosphere there is electric. Be able to sit hundred over hundred thousand people in Kyle Field and be able to sing the war hymn right before uh, the, the end of the fourth quarter before the game starts and be able to do all the traditions like we do. Like I, I've been to games at Kyle Field when we play Alabama and I'm screaming at the top of my lungs to like the, the person next to me uh, to, trying to tell them something and they cannot hear me because that's how loud it is. Like people have said that there's been like, like when Kyle Field and a is playing at, at his best, it's, it, it changes the games and it, it changes the trajectory of games. And it happened this year with Florida. When Florida went to AM this year, like it was at maybe 20, 30% capacity. And those um and, and those fans that were causing Florida to get like uh um like like penalties from uh because that they, they were going over the, the play clock and everything. Like Kyle Field by itself is an awesome stadium. Be able to go there, be able to be on campus, be able to seat sit around these Aggies who love football. Be able to see the traditions live, be able to see the band live, be able to see why we do the things that we do. It's just a really cool environment, really cool place to go see. And then after that, be able to walk 10, 10 minutes up north, get to go to North Gate and get completely hangover, completely drunk. It's also the best thing on top of that. But everybody says, like, if if you go to a college station, you go to a game at AM, you're going to love it because the Aggies will treat you as family. As people have always said, no matter who you – who like, no matter if you're an Alabama fan, a Tennessee fan, Mississippi State fan, whatever it is, if you go and tailgate there, they're going to sort of bring you into the tailgates. They're going to let you drink their beer. They're going to have you um, eat their food, and they're going to just talk about stories about, like, when they were um, kids at, at a and be able to relive their memories, be able to talk about the good things about a and football or your team's college uh, team's football. Overall, Kyle Field is phenomenal be able to go. I highly recommend it. If you have a chance to go watch a game there, you'll be able to see why it's always consistently ranked on top five in uh, college stadiums year in and year out. Yes, sir. I mean, I, you know, it, I'll, I'll say this, it's a cult. Um, and if you're not, it is a cult. if you're not an person, you know what I'm talking about. Um, but I, I just looked it up and uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about this more off the air as well. Um, Notre Dame and AM announced seven years ago that they were going to have a home and home series. So basically, they're going to play each other at home in 2024 and 2025. So hopefully, you and I and maybe our um, girlfriend. Oh, we're going. Wife, no questions asked. We're going. We got to go to both now. We got to experience both. We have them number two ranked on both of our lists. So we have to go and we have to say which one's better. I mean, I don't think you're going to have one that's better than the other, but um, I think they're both going to be equally great. So 
we'll definitely have to probably make something happen out of that and, and make some trips out of those. I want to go see touchdown Jesus. I didn't even mention touchdown Jesus. That is, that was a whole thing by itself. So yeah, Notre Dame, I think has more traditions than AM, but I think AM's fan experience and stuff. No. Is- I think, no, no, AM has the most important tradition in college football the 12th man. Nothing can be the 12th man. It's really hard to be the 12th man. Having 35,000 students stand and scream on top of their lungs for three and a half hours to four hours straight is like, one of the best traditions that, that, that like in, are in college football, like we are the 12th man. That's what we stand for. That's what is in our blood. I like, I like understand like the North team has really good traditions. Like every, every school has their own tradition, but we trademark that nobody can do that. Like Seattle, Seattle gets in, in trouble every time they use the 12s or like the 12th man, they had to sort of find derivative. I think even the Colts trying to do something similar to that too, but they got sort of shut down by AM. The 12th man and be able to see it from like, a third person point of view. I was on that site and, and the wooden pitches sucked. Like I couldn't even sit down for like two minutes straight. Um, but overall, like it's just a great stadium, a great place to go, be able to sort of live it and just experience it. Like I, I want to go to Notre Dame. That'd be cool for us to go to see and go see touchdown Jesus to see what they just like the, the nostalgia, the, the history with Notre Dame. Like I know for the longest time, they didn't even have like lights in the stadium. Like all the games were played in daytime. Like just there's so much history in Notre Dame. Be able to say play like a champion today when you're coming out of the uh, out of the uh, the tunnel to go play on the field. Like it's so cool. But then again, like I, I know I'm biased a little bit, but the unbiasedness inside of me, like I think Penn State is probably one of the one that that can beat AM from like a from a uh, fan base perspective. Mm-hmm. Like I went to Bama, Bama was cool, but the traditions weren't there. Like the traditions that like AM has. The, the 12th man's number one. I think that number two might be like what, what Penn State does with the whiteout games. That's just mm-hmm. fucking awesome. Be able to go in there, see all whiteout. I don't know, man. Notre Dame's cool, but Kyle Field, I think in my opinion, has a beat. Well, we'll, we'll hold that conversation until we go to those stadiums. Uh, but let's go ahead and head to our number ones now. Um, not number one stadium is Gillette Stadium in Foxborough. I saw in 2018, I saw the New England Patriots um, play Indianapolis Colts on a Thursday night. And just an FYI, all these games I went and saw, the Colts did lose. Um, so the, the Saints game as well as the Patriots game. Um, I'm not a Patriots fan. I despise the Patriots. You know, Sandy got me on to the Patriots kind of uh, our freshman year of college or my freshman year of college. So I was like, you know, what? I got to go to a game. I convinced my dad to take us to a game. We saw they're playing week five on a Thursday night. We're like, all right, cool. We'll make it happen. I've never gotten goosebumps going to a stadium. And the moment we drove up to Gillette, you know, it's in the middle of nowhere. There's nothing around it. I didn't even know Foxborough was a place until, you know, I started watching football um, and you get there and it's, it's a night game. It's Thursday night game. You know, we're driving and it, it gets darker there earlier than other places because of the time difference. And it's all lit up and you can see it from like 10 miles, five miles away. Like you, like it's, it's big. You got to walk quite a bit of way to get there. Um, and then it's nothing like seeing Boston fans. I mean, they're, they are something else. You know, we talk about AM fans, Notre Dame fans, all these, all these different kinds of fans, New Orleans fans, Boston fans are funny. Um, and they will let you know how they feel, whether it be good or bad. They're great. Um, obviously, you know, there's a lot of drinking going on at this time um, because Boston people love to drink. Um and then obviously once you get to the stadium, it is kind of an older stadium now, but it was newer in like the early 2000s, I think is when it came out. Um, and it, it's still a very cool and up-to-date stadium. They've got a lot of options. Um, and kind of the reason why it's number one for me, again, is just kind of gave me that goosebump feeling. Um, obviously seeing Tom Brady and Bill Belichick was really cool. And then seeing the Colts play there was really cool. Tom Brady's run out whenever they, you know, the Patriots come out or whenever he comes out for warm-ups, is awesome. And it was also Julian Edelman's return from his four-game suspension that night. So that was really cool to kind of feel that electricity in the stadium. And, I mean, the Colts got absolutely derailed the whole game. And the Patriots fans were letting us have it. Now, I will say this. I'm going to get a lot of heat for this. I was wearing a Tom Brady jersey at the game. (laughs) So I was a Patriots fan, quote-unquote, for the night. But I was like, hey, it's, it's one in a million. And it was it was the absolute most perfect night of football. I mean, I was wearing sh- like shorts and a T-shirt. And I was like, it was the most comfortable I've ever been. 
just an absolute phenomenal feeling. The stadium was crowded as can be um, from the whole game, not even like even the, the Patriots, I think, blew them out that game, but it was crowded like the whole game. They were loud the entire game. It was just phenomenal. I think I stood for 90% of the game as well. And we were sitting, we were sitting very, very close to this to the field as well. So number one for me is Gillette by far. What's your number one stadium, Josie? Rose Bowl. The infamous Rose Bowl in, Pas- in Pasadena, California. I was able to go not for a football event, but for a football event. I was able to see the LA Galaxy play there when I was younger because my grandparents and my aunts lived in LA. It was a 4th of July event, so we went to go see a game. It wasn't that big of a game, but be able to say that I've been to the Rose Bowl. I think if you talk to anybody outside of the U.S. and, you, and they say, what is the one stadium that everybody when you think of U.S. Um, athletics, like professional like athletic events, I think the Rose Bowl is probably the number one, of, like the same that they will probably um, name. Like, I don't know what number two might be. Maybe like Mercedes-Benz right now mm-hmm. or um, I think SoFi or maybe the, 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 the Raiders stadium in Vegas. But the Rose Bowl just being so like the history with it, like it's not the most modern stadium in the world. Like we all know that it's not a SoFi stadium. It doesn't have the complete 360 wraparound screen. But just be able to go in there and say, like, I've been to Rose Bowl, be able to see, like, all, like, the history aside, like, associated with the game, all the college football games that I play there. The 1994 World Cup final was played in the Rose Bowl. The uh, the, the Women's World Cup final was played there when, when the U.S. Women's National Team won their first World Cup. Just be able to be there around, like, all those big events, be able to experience it firsthand. It's just – it brought goosebumps to me, like, as, as like, a 10, 11-year-old. And because it's just – respect the history associated with the respect all the the events that have happened there that will continue to happen there because it it seats so many people and it's just an overall really cool stadium and again it's one of those older stadiums that doesn't have those really big monitors like AT&T has where it requires mm-hmm. you to sort of watch TV for three and a half hours it requires you to watch the field and the players and the actions happening on the field and it's just a really cool stadium in the California by itself just has amazing weather 24-7 um, it's just one of those things that if you ever have the luxury to go to Rose Bowl, like just go experience it. It's just a cool place and be able to say, I've been to Rose Bowl where so many events happen. I think it's, 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 it's a luxury that not many people can, can say that they've done. Well, there you go. Um, unfortunately, you didn't go to see an actual Rose Bowl game. I've heard those are very special. But again, you know, just being, being sometimes just being at these stadiums, like I went to the Boston TD Garden, just being there, um, you can kind of feel that you know the vibes you can kind of get that and so um it was cool yeah, same thing like well like i i've been to multiple dodgers games uh because mm-hmm. my family's from la and like dodger stadium is like it's it's still dodger stadium from like the original times and it's a really cool atmosphere to be able to have a dodger dog because that's mm-hmm. what they're known for their dodger dogs and people sit in the outfield and watch the infamous white and blue la dodgers play games mm-hmm. um be able to be around the la dodger fans or just like ha- like hecklers and i remember i went to a game once with my uncle and my dad and there was a Braves fan in front of us and uh, the Braves fan was talking shit the entire game and then the and then the uh, la dodgers uh, won with the uh, walk-off home run so imagine all these shit talking the uh, the dodgers fans were doing after that just really cool is just be able just to like be in the stadium where so many histories happen. Mm-hmm. You just have to enjoy it and just and savor it and just be grateful that you're able to say, "Hey, I've been here where X event happened, Y event happened, and and Z event happened. Z event may happen in the future as well." Exactly. So, but that's gonna do it for us today on the Split Uprise podcast. Um, but before we go, please leave your top five stadiums down below as well. We love to hear what they are, but um. That's going to do it for us today. Thank you guys so much for sticking around. Hopefully Julio Jones um, is traded to a team in the future so we can report on it. But in the meantime, we'll be giving you guys some, um, you know, different content every single week. So be sure that you guys subscribe, follow, like. Um, We'll see you guys next week. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and listening to this episode. Be sure to go ahead and like and subscribe to this podcast. It's 100% free for you guys. Where you guys can do that at is if you listen to us on Apple or Spotify, You guys can check us out on those platforms at Splitting Uprights. Be sure to follow or like, like I said. 
100% free for you guys, and you'll be able to stay up with our content that we post every Tuesday, as well as some of our interviews we'll have in the future that we will post on Fridays. And then also, if you guys would like to watch these episodes instead of just listening to them, you can check us out on YouTube at Sideline Sports is the channel name. You'll be able to watch all of our episodes as well as some of our other podcast episodes and some of the other fun stuff we do on YouTube. We do some different things on there, so be sure to check out that, check us out there and then hit that subscribe button while you're there as well. If you want to look us up on Twitter and see some of our daily stuff, go to uh, Twitter and look us up at Splitting Ups. We post daily content there, so be sure to check us out there. We're a little bit more interactive there as well. But if you prefer other platforms such as Instagram or TikTok, look us up on uh, those platforms at Sideline Sports. You'll see a lot of our Splitting Upright stuff as well as our Five Out and other podcasts that we have. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and listening today. We'll see you guys next week. Tastes like strawberries on a summer evening And it sounds just like a song I want more berries and that summer feeling It's so wonderful and warm Breathe me in, breathe me out I don't